This week's Major Spoilers podcast goes out to the following fine and faithful spoilerites. Tan Kenneth, Leet Tease, Daniel Berg, Sarah Reynolds, Nathan Buskell, Kyle Romero, Charles Muir, Casey Bradley, Wayne Mallett, Ryan Wells, Alexander Rudiger, Duda, Duda, Don Willis, Scott Trigg, Aaron Lim, Eric Anderson, Vern Wells, Chris Hensley, Bo King, Olin Luttrell, Christopher Parsons, Andrew Coleman, Benjamin Wixer, Jeffrey Peterson, Andrew Irwin, The Mongoon Show, Kevin Hall, Joe A. Joel A. Maroney, John Krause, Ruperto Lawson, and Michael Kaiser. Fine and faithful spoilerites all. We'd love to have your name join them in the hallowed ranks of spoilerosity. So point your browser at majorspoilersmembers.majorspoilers.com, click any of the clickities, and allow a future Major Spoilers production to go out to you. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue... Wednesday, May 7th, 2014, Shermer High School, Shermer, Illinois, 60062. Dear Principal Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever we did wrong, but we think you're crazy to make us write a podcast about who you think we are. What do you care? You see us as you want to see us, in the most convenient definitions and the simplest of terms. You see us as a hipster and a comic nerd and a gamer geek and some website guy, correct? Well, that's the way we all saw each other at 7 o'clock this morning. We were brainwashed until the Major Spoilers podcast was on the air. Don't, don't, don't you forget us. Welcome to issue 572 of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And thank you for sharing this show with a friend. We always enjoy sitting down each and every week to chat up comics and pop culture and share our thoughts with you. And we're so glad that you enjoy those thoughts. <laughs> or maybe, even our, maybe even our thoughts about Gotham. The first trailer <gasps> for the Fox show has arrived. Ooh, did you check it out? I did. I watched it this morning. And what'd you think? I thought, whoa, I want to watch the show. Okay. Matthew? I haven't seen it yet. I've uh, kind of oh, been off the grid all day. Bad. I, I'm not. Bad I'm just, nerd. Come on. Bad it's a combination nerd. of things that don't appeal uh-huh. to me. The. That Smallville behind the superheroes, M, you know, MTV VH1 thing is not really my my thing, and it's it's Batman, and you know how I am about Batman. It's got to be like super keen Spiffo Nito Batman for me to really love it. So this doesn't I, even have I, Batman I, in I, it. No, it, no Batman. No, you Batman. know what? You can say that, but any series that has young Penguin and young Catwoman and young Commissioner Gordon and baby Bruce Wayne in it is a Batman show, and it's going to be all about future allusions to Batman, well, and sure it's going to be, be future allusions. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. sure. Yeah. And no, every no episode is going to end with like Ted going, and kids, that's how I met your Batman. No, no, uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what it is. You remember the so. Gotham High cartoon? No, where they no, were like, we it should was do never a cartoon. It was we never should do made. a cartoon but I do remember, where everybody uh, is in high school. I do remember Paul Dini and Kevin Smith sitting down and saying, hey, what would happen if we did a show about um, young Bruce Wayne 
And they spilled everything out. And they spelled out which character should appear. <laughs> and they, they set it all up. And sure enough, three months later, oh. they green light Gotham. And it let's, seems to have a lot of the same things that Dean and Smith were, were doing. No, no. This I mean, they, not... they go out and call out, like, how certain characters would appear. And if you watch that trailer, like, there's bits and pieces where it's like, yeah, that's lifted right from what Deanie and, and Smith were pitching on the podcast, on the Fat Man is on it, Batman podcast. Is it actually lifted, or is it just the lowest common denominator, the simplest route between two I think you need to listen. I think you need to listen to that episode, Matthew, and then you might I have a know. different idea of, of what way they were doing it. I mean, yeah, they were kind of going for this is the way you do it, but they were also uh, saying this is the way, and they made it sound, this is the way you do it right. It was a lot of, uh, in what Deanie and Smith were doing, they were talking about uh, a lot of uh, uh, kind of like tower prep meets what we're seeing in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, after that first episode, Smith starts rattling the cage a little bit. <laughs> I don't think he'd ever do anything. No, um, But, uh, you know, just because you can't, you know, ideas are always out there. Yeah. And he didn't submit it in any kind of official capacity. So anybody would just be out there and say, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Keep talking, Kevin Smith. Let me write all this stuff down and <laughs> submit it through my agent and, and get all the credit for it. So um, that is that is one thing. It does look interesting. I'm afraid it's going to turn into a uh, it's been confirmed to get 13 episodes for sure mm-hmm. from uh, from Warner Brothers to air on the Fox Network. Uh, the question will be whether the Fox Network will allow all 13 episodes to air. Sure. Yeah. Uh, number one. Number two. Um, <laughs> what, is, what order will they come out? Yes. What order will they come out? And number <laughs> three. We're still upset. About how much Firefly. they're going to focus on the crime aspect of the story that they're trying to tell, because the way the trailer played out. And again, this is the trailer probably just based on the pilot alone. Probably. But uh, I'm hoping they'd spend like all 13 episodes kind of always following the Wayne murder case. Yeah. And then these things cross because there's that one bit where the penguin is like, you don't understand. Mm -hmm. There's something coming, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, they could be building this up into a big. Yeah. A big full season arc, which would be very interesting. I think that would certainly be more interesting than uh, you get the whole pilot (laughs) of running down the Wayne murders. Yeah. And then just random oh. crimes for the next 12 yeah, yeah. episodes that what do you do for your for your back nine if you get if you get a second you know if you get picked up and your first 13 episodes are the way well, you create then you create then you create some other you arc create a that follows thing. up a bigger arc from that but yeah i i think every um you know every episode begins with gordon and bullock showing up on a scene of crime mm-hmm. and um you know bullock says something pithy and then he puts a big sandwich <laughs> no. in his mouth as the uh, and then, as the, and then the music goes Whee! That's how it should be. Yeah, it looks like this is a real peanut butter <laughs> salami. This, this yeah. is a, <laughs> no, no, what he says is, I'm going to make a wry comment here. <laughs> Seth Rogen, on the other have... hand, Seth Rogen, on the other hand, says Preacher is going to deviate from the comic. What a shock. A comic about the inbred children of the Messiah of the largest religion in the world somehow is going to get changed when they adapt it for television and a major audience. What, what are, what are the, the changes, Zach? Do we know? Uh, are you asking me what am I am I supposed to be guessing? What the no, no, no. Are? What did the article say since you wrote it? Uh, oh, uh, what what, the, what Rogan essentially said was uh, we are going to deviate from the source material so that fans of the comic aren't yeah. going to know each turn as they're coming. 
the Walking Dead, which mom. is essentially yeah, which I think is essentially but what the Walking Dead has done in how I haven't I have not read all of Walking Dead, I have not watched all of Walking Dead, um, yeah. but from what I've been Dead, told, yeah, is there are different. Terms. Walking Dead is is different, but there are moments where there's a particular character arc that in the comic book was given to the character Dale. That after the character Dale died in the television show, that arc was actually handed off to another character, Herschel, who, oddly enough, in the comic book, had the death that Dale had on TV, for lack of a better word. So there are changes that are necessary for The Walking Dead TV show. Rogan hasn't said anything specific about what he is or isn't going to change in future. I bet you there's not going to be a guy called Arseface. I don't know. I think you can get away with arse on television. These on days. This is, this is on AMC? In, no, this is NBC, though. This is NBC primetime, isn't it? Not I on AMC. It AMC. I thought this was supposed to be on AMC. I thought maybe it is Constantine Teen. Oh, that's what I'm thinking was. of. That's Constantine's what I'm thinking of. Constantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Preacher is going to be yeah, on you AMC. Get, you could probably, probably get our, our face on AMC. Yeah. You could probably get our face on NBC after 9 p.m. Have you watched Hannibal or The no. Blacklist or some of the stuff that they've mm-hmm. got out there? I mean... No. They've got some serious what horror, horror, murderous <laughs> television shows. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, AMC has certainly made its uh, spot in the realm of uh, television for a place where they're gonna allow their creators to do more things AMC. that would not fly on stuff. Our heroes are bastards. Yeah, well, that's certainly, uh, certainly a truth that goes through everything of other shows. Everyone's just kind of a prick perfect for preacher (laughs) i've never read it yeah because even the hero of preacher is a giant swinging prick and that's kind of the point of preacher and i think if you if you're honestly going to make a show that plays into the strengths of preacher you kind of have to cop to the fact that jesse custer is a jackbag and if you don't i think you you run the risk of you know, completely neutering it and giving us a Keanu Reeves as Constantine movie where you have a character who's called this, but doesn't act or look or seem to be the character from the source material. Disney is set to release infinity 2.0 and guess what they're kicking it off with Zach. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you tell me Steven Marvel superheroes (gasps) starter pack includes Thor black widow. I'm sorry. Let's see the starter pack. Yes. Includes Thor black widow and iron man. In the uh, nice. main set, then of course you'll be able to buy other uh, figures that include all of the Avengers. Uh, let's see, um, uh, all, all the Avengers, Avengers, Samuel L. Jackson, and uh, some other ones on the way. Good thing is mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is this is the sucky thing. Okay, and this is why I hate the Skylanders. Is when the new version of the Skylander, the Swap Force, came out. Yeah, it wasn't simply just buying the new figures and putting them on the old pedestal. No, you had, had to, to buy the, the whole thing. portal. Yeah. And do that. You're going to have to do the same thing here. Same so way. it's going to cost 75 bucks for that. Ugh. And then you're paying anywhere from 15 to 20 bucks per figure. And I'm going to bet you the Hulk one oh, is yeah. super size. Super size. Super now, much. the good thing is on this, if we get this, mm-hmm. I'm ditching the Wii completely and we're doing this on the Xbox One. Oh, totally. <laughs> the good thing is all the old figures still work we'll on the 2.0. Yeah, it's That's backwards good. compatible. That's good. That's so, good. Um, and even the little power discs and all that stuff. So Disney Infinity, it doesn't say when it's going to launch. But Brian Michael Business, uh, Brian Brian Michael Bendis, <laughs> is helping to write Brian the story uh, for the uh, game update. So it's going to be set in the Marvel Cinematic New York or Marvel Manhattan in the cinematic universe is where it's going to be set. And they said Marvel that Hat. this play set is going to be four times larger 
than the Incredibles set from the uh, first uh, Infinity, and that was huge. My son was running around. I still don't think he explored all of uh, Incredible City in that game. Hmm. So if the Marvel one is four times bigger than that, that's amazing. He's no, it's like Grand Theft Auto. Yes, it is amazing. It's amazing. Can't Uh, wait to see a Spider-Man show up in there if he ever does. But that'd be great. uh, I I love love the aesthetic of the of the of the figures yeah they look they look great i haven't actually seen um oh we'll go upstairs and yeah well, i haven't seen what the other figures look like they're but pretty awesome if they look like this if they're kind of the same uh design style man there's that the hulk looks so cool yeah yeah it, it, so it is cool. they, they are so cool like but Widow. the bad thing is some of the characters deviate a lot from the original model where they were kind of the boxy hulk um captain america type figure um and then like when they got the frozen one and um, Wreck-It Ralph. Now, Ralph was kind of boxy, mm-hmm. but all the other characters were very round Interesting. and not squared off like like what we see here. But maybe that's because they're the female characters and they have more of a of a curve to them. I don't know. But uh, 75 bucks to get into this, 15 to 20 bucks for every character after that. That's a lot. Yeah, you're going to be paying a What's, lot of money for this. Is that, is that comparable to what Skylanders is? expensive. Oh, Skylanders is just as expensive, expensive? Too. They're like 8 to 10 bucks per. Yeah. They have a new thing coming out. <sighs> we're not getting Peace that I, one. No? <laughs> no. He's, he, he didn't play very much. And the other day we were at the store. This is like about a month ago. We were at the store. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, can you get me a new Skylanders figure? He's like, okay. Put it in the cart. He got the one that he wanted. We came home. He didn't ask for it right away. He got distracted with something else. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to see how long it takes for him to ask for this. Uh-huh. Put it in our bedroom. It's been sitting there for a month, and he hasn't even said, hey, remember that Skylanders oh. that you bought me? So Man. Skylanders is gone, On but I guarantee out. you when uh, three when uh, Xbox One gets Disney Infinity, yeah, I'll jump over for that. But you know what? You know what's been really cool about this is I don't know a lot of people who have been playing the Infinity game, but I know a lot of people who've been collecting the figures just for the collectability of the sure, figures. Sure. <laughs> because they're very, very, very cool looking. Any thoughts on this, Matthew? Are you guys into the Infinity stuff? I knew not particularly. Why not? I, I really don't. Because I, if I was going to go and collect things, I would... Oh, yeah, I already did. did. the whole Power Rangers (laughs) thing. Did you get all of them yet? Ah, I did all the Super Sentai. I did not get all of them, but we have uh, all of the main heroes, all of the six heroes. What percentage would you say you've got? 90%? Probably 90%. There are something like 240 keys that exist, Mm -hmm. and we have like 207, and Mm -hmm. the remaining keys are either, well... Uh, the, the least expensive of the remaining keys are about 12 bucks a pop. And that's if you buy the whole set of 20 and you know, that's oh, just to get that one figure. I wonder what's more expensive. I was, I did this the other day. I haven't done the unboxing video yet or the Lego build yet, but there's Mm -hmm. a captain America versus, um, red skull and Hydra Lego set. And my big complaint when I did the build of the Modoc Lego set was Mm -hmm. there were no aim agents. And I said, really what, what the company should do is just sell boxes and boxes and boxes of just Hydra figures and they don't. (laughs) And I was like, well, how are you supposed to have a, have a big bad army of Hydra figures? If you can't just buy, you know, a box of Hydra figures like your army men. And I went online and I, and I found a place where I could buy just the Hydra figures, Mm -hmm. 10 of them, 70 bucks for 10 of them. What the heck? Yeah. Seven bucks a pop. pop, And that's expensive. And, but I got 10 Hydra figures. Now, I went to the store the other day, and I bought, for Star Wars Day, I bought some Star Wars Legos. Okay. And I didn't want to spend a whole lot, and I ended up spending a whole lot, because it's Lego, 
But I got four different boxes that they sell of just Star Wars um, stormtroopers and Imperial fighters oh, and sweet. and rebel fighters. Mm-hmm. But they come in like a four pack for like eight bucks. So that's still well, maybe it's a little bit Two? more than that. Twelve bucks. So it's about three bucks a piece. Man, that's the I think Lego compared to your your uh, Super Sentai figures, Matthew. Super I bet they're Sentai. almost worth their weight in gold. <laughs> well, the thing about the figures is there are, you know, just like your your cards and your things, there are rares and there are super rares and there are all of that. So the most expensive figure we have was Gosei Knight, who was one of the six Rangers. Knight. And I had to pay eighteen fifty to get him. Mm-hmm. If I were to go out and try and buy Deca Swan mm-hmm. right now, it would probably run me at yeah. least a hundred bucks. Wow! The last the last Deca Swan I saw was ninety nine ninety nine online. Good so gracious. ten bucks a piece. No, I mean that's one figure. <laughs> oh, you uh, said Deca Swan. I thought there were ten of them. No, 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 no. Deca Deca Ranger <laughs> is like the twenty first season of Power Ranger. Oh, the Super okay. Space Patrol Deca Ranger. Uh, in America, it was Power Rangers SPD. Zach oh, was that the one that. where they ro- rode around on the motorcycles and stuff? SPD was the one where they were cops. Oh, okay. What was the a- one and they, they transformed the in their, their helmets? I don't remember one where they rode around on motorcycles. Cybermen. It was like set in the future or something, and I don't remember what it was. My son started Oh, that was probably it. RPM. Oh, yeah, yeah RPM. that's what it is, RPM. RPM's we, really good, actually. We, we, we stopped watching that after about the first episode. Oh, listeners, all of these stories can be found over at Majorspoilers.com and more. So much more. And we love it when people share their thoughts and their comments and their ideas on stories, good or bad. Some people uh, today on the Gotham thing were just like, boo, Gotham. And some people were like, woohoo, Gotham. So we accept all kinds, positive and negative. And uh, unlike a a certain forum that said, we're going to change and we're not going to let people be assholes anymore. uh, We pretty much have been... uh, (laughs) Uh, <laughs> asshole free since 2006. Not a single asshole. I don't, no, no, I wouldn't say that, I, but I just mean oh, that people are much I, more compli- <laughs> uh, much nicer to one another and they do. don't erupt into flame wars. Yes, we have, yes, we we have, have a very re- nice. respectful group of people, yes. which is pretty awesome. Yep. And quite frankly, I don't know how that happens, but we appreciate it and, you know, that's, it is very that's nice. cool. Yep. All right, Nartacular 2014 coming up July 4th weekend in Snowbird, we will Utah. Be there. We will be there. Oh. And the official, I'm pretty sure the official lineup is out. They were talking about it. It was, uh, they, um, Nicole Spaggs released mm-hmm. the app and the whole rundown. Oh, so the scab. Yeah, okay, so yeah. everybody can go grab that. You can go check out uh, some, uh, f- uh, the Frog Pants track is one of the tracks that it, that's out there. Uh, there's Nerd Parents Live. There's the Major Spoilers Critical Hit Show. With Ayo. Stephen and Zach, for some reason, I just didn't listen to anybody else. Just I'm Stephen on and Zach. Hey, look at that! Well, you're major spoilers. Why is Zach? No, I don't know. I just that, thought that. it was. I just thought it was just critical hit. No, it says major spoilers slash critical hit. Oh, look at that! Zach's not on that panel. Then <laughs> there is the ladies' elite and FSL tonight uh, yeah. are all uh, ones, and then there is a comic book track that Ayo. I helped, that I helped put together. So we've got uh, kickstarting your projects. And these are for people that want to kickstart a comic book or mm-hmm. kickstart some art project. So we've got some very successful people who have uh, been very successful in their Kickstarter projects who will be on that panel. Uh, then we have one with uh, Bill and Brittany Duran. They're going to do one on cosplay, be great. which I'm excited yeah. about. I may let you moderate that panel, Zach. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, man. No, then we have a comic book grading and collecting with Matthew and Steven. 
Hey, that sounds. Oh. I, I think I know those guys. Yeah, and then of course there. Then finally, there is a section on web comics slash regular comics that will have uh, Brian Dunaway, Scott Johnson, Joel Dugan, uh, mm-hmm. and Adriana Ferguson sitting on that hey. panel. And then, of course, if you're into podcasting, there is and the daily not? the daily yeah. tech news show, the one that Tom Merritt does. He's going to be doing I'm a show it. over there and how they do it. Then there's going to be a how to podcast and the technology behind podcasting. There is a sword and laser managing a community in podcasting with Tom and Veronica. And then finally, the business of podcasting with myself, Patrick, uh, Beja, Beja, Mark, Spagnolo, Brian, Rushwood, Nicole Spagnolo, uh, all on that panel. Those are some good peeps. Yeah. So it's all going to be good. And then, of course, there's some other podcasts that are being co- uh, being recorded during the uh, show, Comics Coast to Coast. Night Attack Live. Night Attack Live. And that's like way late. Man, that's, that's at 1030 at night. That may be. That is. Uh, did the app say who is headlining the shows? Uh, the music musical shows? numbers? Yes. Okay, cool. So the Andrew Allen Trio will be performing again. Fantastic. Just finished the Kickstarter project. Did they fin- was it successful? It did Excellent. I cannot wait to get hours. that. I cannot wait to get the yeah, new Andrew Allen good. Trio. It's all about DC and Marvel. Um, theme songs done to yeah. jazz, so that'll be, awesome. be really cool. But the headlining act this year is the Double Clicks, Woo. and that'll be very, very cool. And of course, there's Night Attack, the Angry Chicken podcast. That's the uh, Hearthstone mm-hmm. podcast uh, costume contest wraps up on Saturday. We will be there. Uh, we will arrive late Wednesday. That's currently the schedule, mm-hmm. and we will be leaving early Sunday. So uh, right on. Nerdtacular 2014. You can find out more at nerdtacular.com. We are excited to be a part of it and hope to see you out there in uh, Snowbird, Utah. It's a good time. It's a it's nice it's place. Gonna it's going to be, be so nice, fun. nice, nice place. Pancakes. Hopefully. Oh, I, when I <laughs> talked to the woman, when I talked to the woman today, I forgot to ask her yesterday. Uh, I forgot I'm to sure ask I'm her sure. about their pancake feed. I'm going to bet they're doing it because Surely they do they are, it on right? July 4th. Yeah. So I'm going to imagine that they're going to have that. Oh, burn. Last week, Amazing Spider-Man 2 hit the uh, hit the theaters, and uh, Zach and Rob and I and my son all went to go see The Amazing Spider-Man. You can hear our thoughts over at Majorspoilers.com or right here in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed. We shared our thoughts. Even the boy shared his thoughts. Yeah, it was great to have him on the show. Everybody thought that he was a really did a really good job and want to hear yeah. him come back. Yeah, that'd be exciting. But I think, <laughs> I think we may have created a monster. Oh, no. Yes. Ego. Um, well, so on the way to school, <laughs> it was yesterday or today, uh-huh. just riding along. It's very quiet. And he's dad. Yes. Why does Zach get to be on the show? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, why does Zach and Rob and Matthew, why do they all get to be on the show? I'm like, because they talk about comics. No. How did they get on the show? It's like he's expecting me <laughs> to extend this off. He, I think he's thinking that he should be down here on the microphone with us right now. Man. Sharing his thoughts about no <laughs> comics that he read this week. <laughs> Got to be careful about these little monsters. Uh, according to Snowbird.com, 4th of July pancake breakfast. Yeah. It's on. Excellent. Yikes. Matthew Excited. already mentioned the members.majorspoilers.com website. Oh, I am behind. I've got to get uh, Zach and I's... Uh, commentary on thor the dark world up there that'll be coming up very soon and then uh if you missed it over the weekend matthew star wars day may the fourth be with you we just did a whole bunch of coverage all day about star wars star wars star wars it was a lot of fun i enjoyed doing it if you want to find out what zach's thoughts are on the top five star wars lego sets yeah that's over there too (laughs) So go check that out. It's all at Majorspoilers.com. Yeah. All that good stuff and also Zach. <laughs> and then, and also and then Zach. Zach wrote something. And then Zach wrote something. <laughs> Zach wrote a lot of things. Let's get to some reviews. 
Matthew sounds like a theremin ah. unit. A theremin? Yeah. I can cool. sound like a theremin. That's okay. I scared the cat earlier tonight just by singing for four seconds. Yeah, that's Ooh, pretty sorry. scary. So this hey, you week. you know what else is scary? Shut up. This ah. week from Boom Studios, I thought this was a new series or a new book, but apparently because I haven't been reading a lot of Boom lately, I've kind of fallen mm. off to the wayside, but I decided to pick this up. It's called Pin and Ink Number One. Hmm. Um, but what it is, is it's the first two issues of the series Daymen from right. Brian, um, uh, or Michael Allen Stelfries. Nelson and, um, Matt Gagnon with the art artist by Brian Stelfries. Uh, this is a vampire tale, which is in itself is very cool. And there are some interesting characters and there's some action and there's a vampire war about to break out. And of course, none of the normals know that there are vampires around. And so there, I guess, uh, issue three just released. But this one is Damon Pen and Ink number one. This one com- conti- uh, combines the first two issues, which was good, really good. But the thing is, and what makes this an interesting book, is that it's um, 50 plus pages, 52 pages of black and white, a uh, black and oh. white version of the Damon storyline. And at the bottom Spell of every pencils. page, no pencils. Um, it's just all the inks. But down at the bottom of every page, the uh, two writers and the artist put commentary about what they like about this page, what struck them about the, uh, the character or the angle or things that really worked uh, in the director's story for cut. them. Yeah. It's a director's cut, but it's really, really good because unlike some of the other stuff where it's just like a commentary at the end of the book, this one is at the end of every page. There's like, you know, a gutter, a big thick gutter that they just go on and talk for, you know, a paragraph or two wow. about what's going on on this particular page, how it sets the characters up, how they make references to other things, things to watch for, style, angle, lighting. It's fascinating. I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of people read comics and they just kind of treat it as a throwaway kind of subject. Ah, oh, it's a comic book, you know, eh, you know, so and so can't do crap, blah 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 mm-hmm, blah. Mm-hmm. This one you can really see all the thought that they put into every single panel. And it makes me appreciate, and I think it would make anyone who reads this and reads their commentary, makes them appreciate the art and the writing that goes into any comic book. I don't think I can look at any comic book anymore without thinking about, you know, these guys aren't just, you know, making stuff up as they go. Yeah. They're putting no. serious thought into it. Now, it's not magic. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is magic, but it's <laughs> now, not instantaneous magic. No. Now, here's the thing that's going to be a tough act uh, to swallow if you want to get all this goodness. If you haven't bought the Daymen before, you're going to obviously miss out on the color imagery of the first two issues if you buy this. Mm-hmm. You do get the black and whites, which I think are wonderful and beautiful, and you don't have the, uh, the color muddying everything. Not saying that the color is bad, but this is a $10 book, $9.99 for 52 pages. It's the equivalent of two $4 issues put together or $5 issues put together. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's interesting. Plus, you get this added director's commentary bonus stuff which I just found fascinating. I liked it a lot. It's enough for me to now put the Damon on my pull list, my active pull list through the comicsology.com uh, account. And I like it a lot. I say, go pick it up. I'm giving it four slices of meatloaf out of five Damon pen and ink. Number one from boom studios, Matthew, what you got this week? Me got the Dexter's lab. Number one from the boom studios. <laughs> Which is kind of fun to talk like Dexter because Dexter has that inexplicable, weird Austrian accent. I believe this is actually number one of a four-issue limited. But IDW, I think they picked up a lot of the Cartoon Network properties, aren't they? Also doing yes. Powerpuff mm-hmm. Girls. Yep, they're doing yep. all the. They're doing all of Samurai those. Jack. Samurai Jack. Yep. Yeah. Samurai Jack. Yeah. And uh, Dexter's Lab is one of those things that I never loved as much as the Powerpuff Girls, 
But I can kind of get behind a little bit of Dexter here and there because I really enjoyed the Justice Friends and Dial M for Monkey. Um, but this is flat out Dexter by himself. I was kind of hoping we'd have a little Dial M for Monkey like they did in the old DC book back in the 90s. But yeah, I can live with it. As this issue opens, the one thing that I am happiest about, the art team, uh, Ryan Rampole, or Ryan Jampole, I believe it is, and uh, Jeremy Colwell on colors perfectly capture that weird 3D effect that uh, you get from your Dexter's Lab. That it, very boxy, very blocky, the cartoon aspect of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nobody ever goes completely off model. Which, in a way, is a bad thing because I used to love the old Bugs Bunny, you know, comic books where people would be entirely off model, but neither here nor there. Dexter starts the issue in lockdown mode. He has locked the lab. Only he can get in. DNA verification. There's no way for anyone to break into the lab because this is the most important day ever, Stephen. Oh, really? He is is about to finalize his serum that will allow him to use 100% of the power in his mighty human brain. It's dangerous road. Is this a uh, secret uh, formula X? <laughs> no, actually. Because you know there is, per- there is an IDW Cartoon Network crossover event that's coming up. That includes where, you know, Dexter's Lab crosses over with Powerpuff Girls oh. and, and Johnny Bravo and I forget who the other one is. Johnny Test, is uh, that another one? Maybe Johnny Test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the test sisters and Professor Utonium are probably going to pat Dexter on the head and go, oh, you're so cute. But throughout the issue, you know, the first half of the issue, Dexter is like in zero gravity because everything is incredibly sensitive and the slightest jostle could destroy the formula. So he's floating in zero gravity and he's about to put the last drop in. And you know what happens, Stephen? Uh, squeaky you- shoes. Floating is fun! <laughs> yes. We don't know how Dee Dee gets in, but Dee Dee gets in. She Stay always fast. gets in. She always yeah. gets in. More on that uh, later this week, I'm sure. Later on, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> the things go awry, as things are wont to do. And Dexter realizes finally that he has to put his genius to an actual meaningful purpose. And he has to do the one thing that only a man of his massive intellect can do. He builds a device to wish his sister out of existence. Oh, no. Now, this is the thing. You remember when we covered the Twilight Zone a few months ago on Dueling Review? Yes. And it was the first part of a four-part story. Right. And I was like, I don't know if I like that. This issue, likewise, is the first part of a multi-part tale. And... Dexter gets to the point where he's created his device. He's hidden in his room. His mom has kissed him goodbye. And he's like, and kiss Didi goodbye for the final time. <laughs> you know, however he talks. And he makes his wish. And we see the light pouring out of his door to be continued. Oh, no. Actually, no. to D continued. Uh-huh. I get it. Yeah, it's a joke. Um, I like the issue. I like the breakdown. I like the fact that the the dialogue sounds Dextery, where he's you know he's recording for posterity, and he's like, most children my age are distracted with the books of the comics and the cards of the superheroes. You know, he he sounds like Dexter. He always looks like Dexter. 
Mm-hmm. The artists are actually pretty talented. They do really good stretch and squash cartoon effects. Yeah. Dexter has really cool robots and laboratory assistants and everything. And there is a beautiful shot where he enters his secret hidden fortress. And there, a long rows and rows, endless rows, like the Indiana Jones shot with the Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. are all of the experiments that Dee Dee has ruined. Oh, no. Yeah, and you can actually recognize a couple from the show, actual experiments that he did in the cartoon. Well, you know what that, that are means. There. It's in his box of shame. What would you know that, what that mean? mean? That means that all of those experiments will have succeeded if she never existed. Whoa. And you know what else that means? Trouble. End of the world. Yeah, there's probably trouble. trouble but that starts but with T, that know, rhymes with D, and that spells Dexter. Monorail. <laughs> so, all in all, pacing wise, I like this portion of the story, but I kind of, I don't know. I, I really wish that this were a, a done in one Dexter story. Yeah. I know why they're doing what they're doing, but it feels like it's aimed at adult readers of comics. And I make the joke that there are no children reading comics. It is all adults, but there is a market for a kid's comic. And this is kind of more of a nostalgia piece for the adults Mm, because honestly, Dexter's lab is what? 15, 20 years old now. It's old. Yeah. It's old. Old. Yeah. So I think there are going to be kids who know it from boomerang or wherever it airs now. Does it still even air on boomerang? Powerpuff. (laughs) Is there even a boomerang still? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I watch Boomerang all the time. That's where Widget and I watch Teen Titans. Oh, okay. Um, three and a half slices of meatloaf. It as an is a solo issue, as an in and of itself, featuring the properties only of the issue. It's a good book. It's a good read. It looks nice. The art is really good. The art is solid. It's Dexter-ish, and yet it's fun. But I still kind of wish it was a done-in-one, if that makes any sense. No, I think for those kind of books, it, it, you know, that, the Bugs Bunny books... Um Mm-hmm. I think it does help when it's a done in one kind of story, because again, if you're trying to attract yeah. a younger audience, younger audience isn't going to remember, Hey, let's go back in a month and pick mm-hmm. up this right. new book. But when if we it's were a done kids, in one, they can just pick them up whenever. When we were kids, Harvey and the tail end of gold key was still there. And we could go and we'd get a book that was not only a done in one, it was a negative continuity where next issue you'd pick it up and it'd be something entirely different. One issue, Woody Woodpecker is, you know, working in a factory. And the next issue, Woody Woodpecker is suddenly a traffic cop. And I'm really sort of fine with that. And I think I don't want to say that the way that I don't want to be the guy who says the way comics were when I was a kid were better. But I feel like really a book like this kind of really I think it really applies itself to a done in one. I think it's something that would work really well now. At the end of four issues, if it's a fabulous story, the best, if it's the dark night of Dexter, then I will be like, (laughs) I still love the theory that Dexter grows up to be Dexter Morgan. Have you, have you read that online? That's kind of creepy. But this is the thing. Dexter Morgan as a kid, what was his thing? He was kind of a sociopath, had no friends, had weird delusions of what was going on. You know, come on. I'm just saying. Plus, why does Dexter have an accent? No one knows. Somebody probably has some conspiracy theory. Uh, Send your conspiracy theories on Dexter's accent to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. And the best one will, I don't know, have me go, hey, that was really good. I don't know if we're going to go that far. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, but, <laughs> but I could. You don't know. <laughs> yes, just you mean. don't know. <laughs> you just mean. Yes, I'm just mean. Sad. Sad Matthew. Sad Matthew. Oh. I'm sorry, oh, sad Matthew. Goodness. I'm sorry, sad Matthew. You've turned me from Tigger to Eeyore. Okay. I suppose. All right, We're probably Zach. all going to die. It anyway. is now your turn to dazzle us. All right. With your uh, mastication talents. Hold a piece of gum and I feel weird. Just I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Anyways, let's get into my review. Okay. Uh, I'm reviewing Chew number 41 out last week oh. from Image Comics. Get it? I'm glad there was an explanation of that remark. <laughs> what? You know how Steven does those transitions and sometimes his transitions scare me? I didn't know where he was going with that. Uh, well, let's that. see. Just look down on the rundown where Zach says, I will be reviewing chew number 41. And what also, I there's, just swallowed my bubble a gum. Script? Oh, no, that oh, was man. totally not. In, that was a, a literal statement. That wasn't involved. Anyways. Um, you know, <laughs> I got to get the boy down here. You ever yeah, get the yeah, feeling yeah. that Zach only hears like twenty percent of what we say? <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway, we're like we're like adults in a Charlie Brown cartoon to you. I'm always I'm always Lego aware of what's happening around me, and then I perk up at certain moments. Uh, <laughs> so issue forty one of Chew starts a new arc. We are in one of five of Chicken Tenders, and uh, let me just jump to this right on the cover. There's a slot machine. This story yes. takes place in Las Vegas. Vegas, baby. On the slot machine, it says, lose $2.99 instantly. Yeah. So, Chew is two ninety nine. dollars uh, Do I oh. think that statement is wrong? Uh, not entirely. Oh, oh really? Uh, is this the first time that Zach has no, something negative to no, say about let, Chew? Let me, let me, Are you spitting no, it back out? No, no, no. No, no, no. Let me say why. Okay. Uh... If you have been reading Chew I will allow for this. 40 issues, yes. this issue, not necessarily groundbreaking, not necessarily important to the overall story, except one aspect. Which is? And that is Tony and Amelia get married! Hooray! Yay! Who's Amelia again? She, that's Tony's uh, <laughs> reporter girlfriend. Isn't that his yes, sister? Yes, that's <laughs> no, that's Tony. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the world yes. of Tony Chu. I'm sorry, I watched Game of Thrones accidentally, and I forgot you're not allowed to. Uh, no, 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 I can't do that. You okay there, Zach? I don't know. I think that gum. You need a little bit of a drink there? <laughs> His I voice told you. is actually changing on I air. I literally swallowed a piece of gum, and no. Who not. had May the 7th in the poll? <laughs> that was weird. Somebody just won 15 bucks. I think I was about ready to float up. Uh, so, the, so this uh, takes place in Vegas after... Uh, Tony and Amelia get married. It kind of leads up to that. They're at an FDA convention. Uh, and essentially what happens is Colby, Tony's partner, and uh, their director, Appleby, start drinking in a bar. Yeah. And they're they're just they're just getting wasted while Tony and Amelia kind of run down what happened in the last two arcs. Or really since issue 30 when uh, Tony's sister died. And they're kind of going... And shortlit, it's it's only a page, but it kind of gives you an aspect of uh, they were able to talk to Tony and uh, Tony Tony Chu uh, Agent Tony uh, and his sister and his daughter not well together. There's a tension there. Uh, things happened. Bad Cebapath Russian vampire man is a bad man, 
and hey, now let's get married. And then a a, a big thing happens where they have to track down a guy. Uh, some people that took uh, the the immaculate cult of the ova. Some some it's a it's a group they don't like the, they don't like chicken. Uh, it's been in the in the comic for pretty much since the beginning. Anyway, yeah, but I thought chicken was outlawed. Or did that change? No, no, no. Chicken's still outlawed. These people don't like chicken and want to kill everyone with involved with chicken. Uh, so they think these people stole this chocolate gun, which uh, has it, nothing to do with chicken. No, it freezes people in chocolate. It's kind of run of the mill chew kind of stuff with uh, weird food weapons and stuff. Sure. Uh, eventually, it comes out. Oh, the vampire guy was behind it. Tony stopped him completely. So nothing was gained on that front besides Tony stopped another plan of the, the big bad of the series who were kind of building up to this huge, huge, huge uh, battle eventually. And I don't know, probably uh, 10 issues when because then the series is over at 60. Really? Yeah, it's done. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they end, they end you at 60. So all in all, what do we get from Chew 41 for old readers of Chew? Tony and Amelia get married, and that's and that's great. Hooray. And uh, there is a funny panel at the very end uh, with Colby and Appleby, and if you're familiar with this series at all and know how that relationship goes, you can probably guess how that happens. Uh, but there is a good thing, and the thing they've been doing for a while since they introduced the character of Poyo, who is the cybergenetic yes. rooster. Yes. Because uh, they always pretty much reference uh, Tony gets called to a case, so I'm busy can't you get Poyo to do it? And so that that's kind of the thing with Marvel movies now. You know, we always talk about them like, well, where was Iron Man and Captain America? Where was everyone in, Cap- in Iron Man 3? Uh, they actually address that and just give you a double-page spread of whatever Poyo is doing. And it's generally, oh, it's always Poyo versus some other crazy monster that's destroying the world. So this issue is Poyo versus Unisaurus Rex, the dino dinobolical destruction. So it's Poyo uh, shooting his giant uh, gun weapon at a giant unis- unicorn T Rex hybrid that's shooting a rainbow out of its mouth. It's a fantastic page. <laughs> Every they've been they do this probably once an arc almost where they kind of just write Poyo out of the story until they can finally use him realistically to advance the plot in some way. Otherwise, yeah. they just they just take two pages to address where this plot device is. And they just move on, which is always uh, great and always a whole lot of giggles when they do that. So ultimately, was Chew 41 an instant waste of two ninety nine, like the cover says? No, uh, mainly because I love Chew. And I think if you want to get on Chew, this is not a horrible place to test the waters. I think if you buy this, you're, gonna get, you're not going to be completely lost in the story. You're kind of get a sense of the humor, and then you'll go back and read 40 issues. <laughs> so, yeah, it happens. I want to get on Chew. About? You want to get on Chew? Oh my god! Yeah, I'm flattered. I'm, I truly am flattered. <laughs> two ninety nine, you say? Comicsology dot com. Two ninety nine. Yep, I have uh, have my subscription now because I can't just buy comics straight off the app. That you know, I, I do subscriptions now. Matthew and I talked about um, our experience going through this new way of buying comics, mm-hmm. and I, I'll say this: I don't. It's another step. Because what I was earlier, I was like, oh, I want to go buy all these books. So instantly I pick up my iPad and I'm like, oh, crap, I can't do that. So now I have to wait until I'm in front of my computer. Right. Or I guess you can open up the Safari app, app inside, I haven't uh, done that though, but inside uh, your, your, your mobile device and do it that way. But 
once you're subscribed to something, yeah. that's what I like. And I've been a subscriber to issues yeah. for a long time now, so they just show up in the, yeah, in the and reader. So that's what I'm doing. I'm subscribed to, I think, Chew and Amazing Spider-Man and Manhattan Projects. So I think... Oh, I, I forgot Manhattan yeah, Projects so and Satellite Sam. I'll probably just start jumping on subscriptions more, but that's, yeah, not, that's really not involved with Chew Review. I'm going to give Chew 41 uh, <laughs> three slices of meatloaf. Uh, not I the love best, Chew 41. Not be- the best All issue the- of Chew. But uh, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. It's good readings. Yep. There you go. And I mean, and Rob Guillory's art is always prob- fun. It's probably my favorite. Don't you have some of his original art? No, I wish. It's too, I don't know. I don't. I have Skull Kicker's art. Oh, that's right. Skull I don't Kickers. have. I don't have Chew. I never Chew was out of my price range when I was looking at art. Well, now Matthew knows what to get you for a wedding gift. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Aubrey will love that. I'm sure she will. Yeah. You can both uh, benefit years from now when you sell that art. Uh huh. For mega billions, <laughs> and put your children through school. Oh uh, no, no, I'm not doing that. You're not going to put your children through school. No, children in general. <laughs> <laughs> Let us get to the major spoilers poll of the week. This oh, might be a shorter episode pull, pull, this week. Pull, pull, pull. We're actually running way ahead this week. What the heck? I'm going to make up for all the past weeks. We're going to be going two, three hours at a time. Okay, so this week. Um, a lot of people really enjoyed Dr. Will on the show. We were talking about Lovecraft and the Sublime, Sublime a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Everybody sure. got a kick out of that. And, of course, Dr. Will is a big gamer. We've talked about him a, a lot. And he keeps sending me all this stuff about gaming. And likewise, lately a lot of people are sending us stuff about games. Tabletop games, video games, um, you know, tablet games, all these kinds of things. And it got me wondering, what kind of gamer are you? What kind of game best describes you? Are you a tabletop person? That includes your RPGs, your card games, your board games. Are you an app gamer? Do you play the Hearthstone on your iPad? Do you play the Angry Birds, the Monkey Runs, or whatever those are? Yes, the Monkey Runs. <laughs> the Monkey Runs. The monkey, the monkey Runs is what happens when you go to uh, like a Thai restaurant, <laughs> and then about two hours later. Are you a video gamer? That includes console games, you know, your 360s, your PS4s. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as your game, game uh, computer games. So if you're playing Steam, for example, that would be a video sure. game person. Or are you a physical gamer? Are you someone who goes out and plays sports? Soccer, your football, your baseball, <laughs> um, your Calvin ball, your... Um, good. Your... Um, ultimate Frisbee. Ultimate Frisbee. Like frisbee ultimate golf. Frisbee. You like fris- fris- I like, Frisbee uh, golf? I like little Frolf. There you go. Mm-hmm. What's the one? What's the... Uh, what's the one where saying. they run around on their brooms and pretend that they're Quidditch. they're Quidditch? I think that's my dream sport. There are some schools that play Quidditch. Oh, I know. It's crazy cool. Yeah. Get people from the cross-country team that run around in an orange morph suit. Oh, really? as oh as, the, as the snitch? <laughs> That's funny. All right. So, Zach, what kind of game best describes you? A tabletop, app, um, video yeah. game, or physical? I mean, I don't know if this describes me. Uh, I mean, because I, I, mean, I didn't want to delve into that today. I just said, uh, what, what games do I play most of? And I guess that would essentially describe me. In one way. So I went with uh, video games, console, and computer. That's what I play most nowadays. That's what I've played uh, most for my life. Um, besides a Game Boy when I was little, I didn't really, I never got a PSP. Thing, and all I had was um, a couple of Game Boys, but mm-hmm. I was playing uh, Super Nintendo, N64, Xbox, uh, and then I, you know, played all my other friends' consoles. And now I I uh, just play my computer. So that I mean I like I like that gaming. I like being able to play online. Mm-hmm. That's always fun, especially with my friends that are far away. When we have a chance to do that, that's great. 
Uh, in high school, we did System Link with Halo, so we'd oh, have yeah, like 16 yeah. guys in a house and play all the time. And that was always mm-hmm. good times. Um, I, I mean, that's kind of... The, I mean, I, I really like System Link because we could sit down and have a bunch of drinks together and eat Doritos and crazy crap. And um, that was kind of like um, tabletop gaming for us. We never tabletop gamed, really. Yeah. We played Risk every once in a while, but not not crazy. But um, that was our kind of time to just goof off and be together and have some fun. Video gamer for you. Yep. For me, um, it's, it's kind of a real mix because, um, you know, growing up, it was a lot of the it was a lot of the tabletop games. Mm-hmm. Very few computer games, uh, unless you count like Wizardry on the Apple 2C or the what did we have? The 2E plus um, the 2GS. Then uh, when I graduated college with my undergraduate, I got a Sega mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. And I would spend summers playing that. Um, but really haven't done a lot of console gamings until just recently with uh, Titanfall. And I got a new game for PS4 that I haven't even cracked open. It's been sitting there for a couple of weeks. Oh, no. uh, I do like physical sports. I do like to run around. Yeah, I, do I do like, like I do like soccer quite a bit. Um, but for me, it's really the the app, the mobile uh, games. I, I guess you. I wonder if you could put the Game Boy into the it's not really a mobile device. I mean, it's a mobile device, but it's not like a phone mobile device. That's true. I think uh, there's similarities. I had one of those when I was an undergraduate and played it all the time. I love that. Yeah, I love stuff. the Game Boy, and it's all black and white 8-bit graphics. But, you know, it's so much easier for me if I've got a spare minute or two to grab the the iPad, open it up, and play Hearthstone or play... Um, Elder Sign or, you know, any of the games that I've downloaded, Settlers of Catan. I know that those are board games that are being right. turned into app games, but it's so much That's easier different. for me to play on the app. So I went with a, an app gamer. Matthew, what about you? I am not a gamer. I am a free man. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. I resign. You are number but- two. <laughs> Shut up with that. <laughs> Not canon. If you have to break it down, I I really am kind of a little bit of each of these things. Yeah. Because when I'm at work, I'll sit there and I'll, you know, I'll occasionally play the Candy Crush or the, the Hill Climber or the Hoppity Hop, whatever that thing is. And we'll occasionally play tabletop games, especially around the holidays. We'll get together with friends and we play tabletop games, but... I, I spent most of the afternoon on my PS3 playing SmackDown vs. Raw 2010. Created a, a new wrestler, Zach. Very nice. Ask me, ask me what her name was. What was your new wrestler's name, Matthew? Kelly Sue Demonic. <laughs> um, but <laughs> when it comes down to it, I'm a little bit of everything with the exception of the physical sports, not so much with the, you know, the running, jumping, climbing trees business. So I th- I think I'm uh, one of those guys who hangs out in an arcade in 1986. Man, I, I, I would thought about putting arcade games, but you know, you cannot find good arcade type places There's, anymore that have all the 80s hits. Our, lo- our local laundromat has one of those yes. Play Choice 10 machines. Yes, that's about the only place where, where you can find those. You go in and it's got like 15 of the old school games. It's got Time Pilot. I was, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. I've been seriously following on eBay for the longest time a bunch of people that are selling full-size console games. Oh, yeah. It's like 800, 800 to $2,400, depending on the game. But, like, you can yeah. get a good Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man game for $800. Hmm. I want Asteroids. 
Well, I haven't seen. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen. Oh, now that's the other. Uh, you know, tabletop or stand. Oh, yeah, those are cool. But the one that I was really seriously buying last Christmas was um, what's the the four player dungeon crawl one game? Um, oh. uh, slips in my mind at the moment. Uh, Elf needs food badly. Um, gauntlet. Yeah, gauntlet. gauntlet. Yeah. Gauntlet. Yeah, we have we have a gauntlet game at the store. Had a gauntlet nice. game at the store. So yeah, function. I, I seriously thought about it one day. When we, uh, when we go up to Colorado Springs to my fiance's uh, grandparents' cabin, we go to Manitou, mm-hmm. and they have a giant penny arcade. Oh, they do. And so they have all of those old console games out there for super cheap to play. It is. We used it to. Good but the problem is, all I'm finding is like Gauntlet Legacy or Gauntlet Legends. I can't uh, find the yeah, original. Legacy gauntlet and Legends anymore. are later games. Well, it's probably because those old school games don't exist anymore. Ugh. They were smacked. Yeah, possibly. Gauntlet, Dark Legacy, Upright. Remember, remember Captain America bucks. and the Avengers? Was yes. that a game? Did you ever play that? Yeah, it was a, a console game. You could choose to be Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, or The Vision. Wow. I wonder if someone would And occasionally you'd get backup from The Wasp and Wonder Man and Quicksilver. That's crazy. During the games. Yeah, it was cool. But it was the, the translation from English wasn't quite so good because, you know, uh, okay. it was translated. So the Captain America <laughs> character will be like, you cannot escape. And Red Skull will be, you will be the one what is escaping. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Now that I've mentioned funny. it, now I'm, now I'm going in here. They have a lot of these um, All converted your base games. All your belong to us. Miss Pac-Man arcade game 1981. Pac-Man Jr. Upgraded machine. Old antique collectibles. 379 bucks. That for is almost for the whole console. That's pretty big. There was a time, Zach, in about 1989 or 90, where you could 600 go into bucks like for a vintage one. They had a Play Choice 10 game, and what it really was mm. was uh, a Nintendo, an NES yep. in a stand-up console. <laughs> yep, yep. And you could play Excite Bike and the games that you play at home on your NES. Awesome. It cracked me up. You know, you could go in and play Excite Bike, and then I, you know what I do miss. Do you remember Vanguard, Stephen, yeah, the one that stole that the one. Flash Gordon Hawkman theme song? Yeah. Uh, I loved Vanguard. Vanguard used to be in the Bogarts. And I would go in and spend like $2 on the Vanguard. It's like eight <laughs> games. Man, these, games. These, games are, these games are relatively inexpensive. The, the pawn shop, uh, again, about Christmas time, had like 10 pinball machines all going oh, from man. like the 1960s uh, up until about 1980. 92 or something like that mm-hmm. and of course the yeah. really old ones the six million dollar man one and the um oh i forget one of the other ones this is an old like hot rod something or other those went fast and uh-huh. i think now all they have is some lamo lamo one now when i was a kid the the bar where i grew up had a um the bar kiss where I grew up. <laughs> yeah well the thing was in, in downtown lincoln kansas the bar wasn't just a bar. It was also pretty much one of the only places you could go eat. It was a tavern. So you could go in and they had, they had in the front, you had a couple of, uh, like a, well, actually they had a pool table. And you could go in and you could order food. And God help you if you ordered pickled eggs because those things have been up there since Eisenhower. But they had a Kiss pinball machine. And I was trying to play the Kiss pinball machine and I was failing miserably. And finally, someone explained to me that to play Kiss Pinball appropriately, you have to be playing for beer. So he bet me that whoever lost the game would have to buy the next round of beers. And suddenly I got good at Kiss Pinball. So, you know, that's mm. important too. That is strange. Yeah. It's, it's a thing, you know. The heck is the name of that pawn shop? 
They're on 27th uh, Street. Bob's Pawn. I don't know, man. Pawn to Rook <laughs> 7. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Ponderosa. Ponderosa. Pawn 7. Uh, okay, so uh, here are some of the comments. I had to go with video games, says uh, Kyle. When I was in high school, I probably would have said tabletop, but since I graduated and became a quote-unquote adult, I haven't had as much time or space to tabletop. Kirby says tabletop RPG. Dark Ander said, I had to vote video game because simply that's what I play the most, not because I have any less interest in the others. Rome says, I really only play board games. Um, Pierce says, used to be in sports, track and field, wrestling, played university fo- football, which made me hate the dude bros with a passion. Still love sports, though, mostly <laughs> hockey. Lately, it's definitely tabletop games. Andreas says, all of the above, but pick tabletop since it's the one I love the most. Um, Tonal Birdie says, tabletop RPG for me. Art Guy Charlie says, tabletop games are my favorite. But video games are what I play the most often, so that's what I voted for. MJ says I went with a uh, went with video gamer, and uh, Will says I enjoy video game app games and the occasional physical sports, most often as a spectator. However, nothing compares to tabletop gaming for me. It connects to my creative side in a way that other types of games just can't reach. And the list goes on and on. Even George W has something interesting to say this week. If I had my way, I'd play tabletop games all the time, but I often struggle to find a group to play with. As such, I play video games more often than anything else. Wow, some uh, great comments this week. Now I have this image of poor George W. alone in his house playing video games. That's okay. Sighing because he wants to play Axis and Allies, a tear slowly There's a whole the world of online games that you can play through your video yeah. games systems. You know, I I still occasionally go to Adult Swim and play H. Armageddon, where you, you collect, a, you have like secretaries, salesmen, IT guys, and managers, and you create a team of six, and then you murder an, a rival company that's trying to take over your company. It's awesome. You should go play it. How has everyone voted? At this very second, 88 votes in the bag, and there are four options, which means it's not 50-50 this week. Uh, going top to bottom, 5% physical sports, which I kind of expected. Uh, 6% app, tablet, mobile people, also kind of expected. I expected physical gamers to outvote the tablet mobile gamers. 38% saying tabletop and a whopping 51% video gamers. I, I think the way the question is phrased is also problematic because if you say, are you, what no. kind of gamer what, best what, describes you? What kind of game best describes not, you? I'm not a gamer. I'm a guy. Nope. 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 I'm the dude. Nope, you're not. No, Duder. No, no, El Duderino. No, no, sorry. The whole no, brevity. No. Sorry. I'm, I'm just the dude. No. Sorry. Sorry. What does that even mean? About sorry. The, you're no, not sorry. sorry. I used to play sorry a lot when I was a kid. That was a good tabletop game. Pretty good the game. Pop-O-Matic bubble. Pop-O-Matic. I like it. I played it every bubble. once in a while. Did you, you really? ever play Parcheesi? Yeah, sometimes we'll bust out sorry and play it. You ever play Marsh Gammon? Uh, no, that sounds made up. <laughs> gotcha. All right, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. And uh, get in early next week. Maybe you'll get your comment read on this very show. Want to give a shout out to our friends at TweakedAudio.com. Head over to Tweaked Audio. Check out their wide selection, their fine selection of head headphones, of earbuds, of earbuds. Mm-hmm. Because if you need a new pair of ear- earbuds, and I know you do, you want to get the ones from tweakedaudio.com. They sound great. They feel great. They don't tangle up if you get the flat ribbon ones, which I love. Very good design. I love those. I've had them, and I've never had a single tangle, unlike this uh, Apple earbud Apple stuff. Crap. Good Lord. Those t- 
tangle. You just sneeze and they're all tangled up. Yeah. A lot of different colors, a lot of different styles over at tweakedaudio.com. Best of all, listeners, when you go over to tweakedaudio.com and use the checkout code MAJOR, you get 33% off the price. That is quite a deal. We thank Tweaked Audio for being a sponsor of the Major Spoilers podcast. That's a lot of percent. That's a lot of percent. That's 33 of them. Leave 66 left. That you know, that's all you have but to pay is that a 66. Is a significant savings. It is. A couple of weeks ago, it was announced that they were turning the Red Star book from Image Comics into a television show. And a lot of people were really excited about this. And I read the little blurb that they put out in the press release about how this was a story about Russia and magic and, you know, war and stuff. And I was like, ooh, this sounds interesting. And then I picked up the book. We all picked up the book uh, this week from Image Comics. And we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Comics. What is Red Star um, about, Matthew? Oh, it is about a great war in an alternate world, which may or may not be Russia. We think it may be Russia. Yeah, in it fact, is if you read the map, it does look like Russia. It says Russia. Against the evil forces of Alistan, which, by the way, might possibly be Afghanistan. Could be. Well, in and fact, uh, that's what it is. It's an allegory for Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, and I think it's an allegory for Russia as well. By the time this came out, there really wasn't a Soviet Republic anymore. The USSR no, was. Uh-uh. No. no. But basically, it's not just a war war. Uh, first of all, it's actually everything is kind of being told in flashback and through right. the first few issues. Right. But the war also involves these massive giant beings of myth and magic and, and whack jobbery. And it's kind of, it's kind of like a magic war vaguely almost, but not quite superhero amalgam. It's a little of everything kind of put together. Well, yeah. So magic mm-hmm. exists and that's the weird part because yes. it's not like, it's not like magic with wands and spells. Right. It's just like magic. So the main character that we're following in this, um, Maya, Maya, Maya and she's a, she's a, uh, fire war person. caster yeah. yeah war caster that's what she is and she can like use her whole body to throw out you know big powerful beams of energy or she can put a flame in her hand mm-hmm. and she's actually used as a weapon so they'll gear these things up in the, in the sides of these giant flying ships and then they'll use their powers and almost exhaust themselves and sometimes kill themselves as they ba- battle other flying ships mm-hmm. it's kind of a really cool concept but i was really kind of expecting you know expelliarmus and uh or i'm sorry vodka amus and um <laughs> but i didn't get any of that no no there's this, not I, really uh it doesn't seem for maya there's just like it's just concentrated energy yes and she just concentrates and boom yeah. she yeah, yeah, just yeah. wipes out people yeah and but i was like i'm oh, not this mistaken is... yeah go ahead doesn't this predate chunks of the harry potter novels because i yeah, thought this is when like did the first uh, harry potter i want to say like 2000 is when uh this book came out let me double check when did the Harry Potters come out? 99? Yeah, probably. The 90s. So it's, I mean, it's of a, of a piece, I guess. It's nearly the same time, but yeah, this well, came I out in I can understand that. I was just, yeah, I was just expecting, I don't know. I was expecting more traditional magics mm-hmm. in this thing. And yeah. this is a different kind of magic, which is fine. And I like how magic yeah. kind of makes it, but it doesn't make society run, which no. is the different thing. It's right. not like they have these people hooked up to generators and are they're powering the gulag or anything right. like that. 
They're not even really yeah. powering the giant machines they have flying. Mm-mm. They're simply weapons. Right. Right. They still have uh, people, slaves and people to shovel coal or whatever form of energy they use people, to put these three kilometer, three kilometer long ships in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of treat magic like another another machine or another school of machinery, mm-hmm. where you know it, they actually give us in one of the early issues a really long kind of uh, flashback of how you become a caster and the weird transformation sequence, and it's it's truly bizarre. But uh, you have machines that seem like they're not quite futuristic. Yes. To where the machines might be appropriate for the late 1990s, but everything else is just kind of woo-hoo-hoo. Mm-hmm. And then it gets a little, to me, it gets very weird. Because all of a sudden, <laughs> I mean, so there's this big battle that's going on. And again, uh, Russia invading Afghanistan, all of that stuff that's going on. And um, and the, the whatever they are, the, the Algaris or whatever the... Yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce any word in this book. They uh, they essentially are <laughs> sacrificing themselves so that they can raise a demon up to protect their lands and bring the Soviets down. It's the last big Soviet right. battle. Millions upon millions of people die, including Maya's husband, or so we think. Right. And then the, the story kind of flips to his point of view, and it's like... They're not wizards. They're almost like planeswalkers almost is the best I can explain it. Kind of that, put them into my, you know, head. that is an mm-hmm. excellent analogy because when I'm looking at it, I'm like, why are these gods? Why are these spirits? Why do they even care? And they're, and they're, I don't know. It, it's somewhat pop propaganda ish for, for Russia. Cause one's called Troika. Yeah. The other one is called, uh, Oh, what I forget what the other names are. I just remember Troika as being one of them. And it's, uh, uh, it. I don't know. I didn't care for that whole aspect of it. I believe one of, of them it. is called the Red Star. Yes, and yeah. so they're going into another dimension and they're having a battle over there. And it's just like, at that point, I was kind of, all right, I'm checking out of this series. Really? And I don't know why, but I think it's, I think now that I've kind of wrapped my head around that these guys are more like planeswalkers hmm. than religious spirits yeah. of the motherland. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense. And you know I, what this okay. reminded me of? Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Zach. No, no, you're fine. You go ahead. No, you go. No, okay. No, uh, you. I, I, about that time, I kind of uh, lost interest in, and my interest waned throughout reading uh, these books. And at that point, I didn't really like it. I didn't like the uh, magic-y spiritual kind of things as mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe it could have been my part of... Uh, not understanding or not grasping the uh, lore and backstory that had been set up either in the book or somewhere else that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was, I've, to me, there was a giant wall I had to try to climb over to fully <laughs> grasp what these characters were and what truly was happening uh, in these some of these pages. And I was not ready to climb that there, wall. There's a lot of uh, maybe not climbing this wall, but more of a you're having to pass through a really thick iron curtain to really <laughs> okay, understand yeah, sure, everything. Sure. Um, and I don't know. This, it was it was difficult for me to get through. Go ahead, Matthew. What this reminded me more than anything, you guys remember when we read Akira? Yes. It reminds me, and the first issue especially reminds me of those early experiences that I had with manga in the the late 80s and the 90s, where it's not just something that's being told from a different perspective. It really feels like a completely different use of the comic book media. Mm -hmm. You know, Stephen and I talk about the old days, the old days of reading, you know, epic illustrated and translated stories in heavy metal. 
where it's like you get that weird European vibe or you read Akira and you'd get something that felt very alien from a Japanese perspective. Right. This feels like a Russian equivalent of that. It feels like they've synthesized that, hmm. that manga, that sort of nationalistic craze, and they put it in an American comic book. And it's really mm-hmm. fascinating to me that this isn't a Russian comic translated into English because that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like we're getting an eyeball into a different culture, a different take on, on war, on combat, on quote unquote super types. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get to the sequence where the giant monster is about to murder Maya's husband on the battlefield and you see his scythe coming down and then clang, there's this giant sword and they, you know, you have the wide angle perspective of the two giants, mm-hmm. that's amazing. It you is know, it's very not cool. something that you see. Yeah, but it, it's in American it's, comics. But it comes off as very spiritual to me. It didn't yeah. come off as at first when I first read it. It was a very spiritual, almost religion, and I can understand that these things are supposed to embody the the different modalities and thinkings of the motherland. Mm-hmm. But then, if you think of them as planeswalkers, and there's a bigger conspiracy and everything that's going on. Then it doesn't come off as as maybe as as preachy or propagandish as it as it pop possibly could. Um, but you're right. I didn't it's, necessarily for, for get a visuals, propaganda for the visuals. It is very awesome. Yeah, I didn't necessarily get a propaganda vibe for it, but this is very clearly a very personal story that somebody is telling, and it mm-hmm. has you know it has a kind of a truth to it that it's hard for me to approach and look at it and say, okay. I can accept, you know, whatever is going on here. It's kind of like when you step into, you know, this is a bad analogy, but reading the Left Behind novels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you, you're expected to have the grounding in mm. the, the background and the, the mythology yeah. of what's going on. There. And I, I probably shouldn't use the word mythology. Please don't hit me in the head. No, no, but, no, you know, when you, when you look at that backstory and you look at the things that are going on here, this feels like successfully manages to feel like, what a comic coming out of, you know, 1991 era Russia might have felt like in a manga context, which mm-hmm. I yeah. think is, mm-hmm. you know, really and, fascinating. To me. And I, 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 I like that perspective that you're saying. And I think uh, it makes me think about it a little differently. And, and when I think about it in that way, I think the way that the comic is laid out and the story is told mm-hmm. makes more sense to me because they don't, a lot of the story is told through, I felt, kind of an untraditional narrative style with words kind of not in boxes or word bubbles through a lot of the story, but just kind of scattered through the art on the page. Yeah, which I liked. And again, that's another, to me, mm-hmm. what feels like another take on manga, because when you translated manga from Japanese to English, sometimes you had to kind of get your exposition in wherever you sure. could. Yeah, The, well, this the is pages also- weren't laid out for so. This is also different too because it's everything is ver- more reads more vertically and and full page, uh, full page double spreads. Yeah, as opposed to Gorgeous. yeah, which is which is again another interesting technique which makes the book feel very uh, foreign, um, yeah. which I think kind of helps in their storytelling. Um, I it we had a bunch of because we were buying these in, in different ways. I don't think all of us have read the entire series. I think Rodrigo may be the only person yeah. who's read uh, the entire Every- thing. Um, but um, I, I think Matthew read the first four issues. I think that's what uh, 
I know yeah. that's what I've I read because after that I was like, do I want to continue? I was like, not really. I read I eight or oh, I, you think read I, read, like eight I think I read eight issues. Okay. And I personally liked the the, the issues uh like five through eight. Uh, the second. After, yeah, the, the second part I I liked more. It got away from the big battle that we kind of see unfold through multiple perspectives in the first four issues. Um, it, it's still certainly a, a, a plot driver with uh, Maya searching for her husband, mm-hmm. um, but there is like a new kind of war that breaks out, and there's this revolution happening, and um, there's a whole plot there. And part of it, you you get to follow this perspective of a little girl that's uh, in this revolution against the big Red Star uh, warrior people, right? And I and the state, yeah, sure, the state. And there, 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 there was a lot of uh, moments I liked, and I thought there was some really good sequencing, especially with the art and the way that the story was laid out. I thought worked very well, uh, and it, it it got away a little bit. From those like Planeswalker characters, mm-hmm, They're the, the, mm-hmm. the Red Star uh, woman who stops the big sword in the beginning is still prevalent and is featured prominently, especially um, with uh, rescuing and kind of saving Maya's husband. Yeah, the the first volume is Red Star Volume One: The Battle of Car Dar Dathras Gate, Car Dathras <laughs> Gate, and it's Car- and, you know Kardashian. if you were only reading that Jim volume. If you were only reading that volume, it does come off as very cool. And I was sitting there going, okay, after reading this, how would this translate into a TV series? And I keep thinking the best way that this translates into a TV series is um, Firefly, but never going out into space. I can definitely. I think that what's going to make this successful in an adaptation is whether they can keep all of these, you know, these weird tones and what you call the modalities. Love that word. But yeah, yeah. if they, if you it's can keep that <laughs> in a traditional narrative, because television narrative, especially television narrative in the United States right now, it's hard to break away from that. Even if you get to a point, like say you get to the end of breaking bad and you're like, okay, this is a bad man, and this bad man dies now, and that's you know that's the way this wraps up. You still have people who go, no, he should not die. He did not die. Yeah. He couldn't have died. You know, that's kind of what you're going to run into. And I, I felt like getting into this story was it was kind of an uphill bit, but once you once you cleared that peak. It was just this beautiful coast down into unseen territory. And I have to say, artistically, this, I, I'm kind of sad that I never read it. Around 2000, Image was putting out a lot of stuff. And there was a lot of stuff coming out from other indies, too, like Record of Lodos War mm-hmm. and all of these weird comics that were just kind of all over the place. And they weren't, you know, traditional superhero narratives. Right. And sometimes they were hard to get into. I never got into the Red Star. And having read these first four issues, I kind of regret that. Because it's, well, and maybe I don't. Fifteen years ago, this may (laughs) not have been right up my alley. In 2014, I read this first arc of the Red Star and went, maybe there's something here. You know, maybe this is, this could be like a lock and key. Yeah, because there there are a lot of people who have shown interest in getting this produced, including um, John Favreau. Was oh, really? very interested in, at one point in working on this TV series. I don't know who's attached to it right now, 
Um, I right. think the Wikipedia has something about it. Um, but in terms of in terms of scope and mythology arc, this is definitely what you want for an ongoing series. I mean, this is this is Walking Dead scope for sure. This is Preacher scope. Mm-hmm. That Preacher scope sounds like a fifties television <laughs> Preacher scope. Dun, dun, dun. But you know, if you look at just what this puts together. Even reading what we've read, I think even reading all, you know, the first nine issues, I think Zach would agree. We're only scratching the surface of this world. Yeah, that's what I would find interesting in this adaptation, because even the, f- the first four issues really is one battle retold a couple yeah. times or from different perspectives. And uh, the next four that I read don't cover a whole lot of ground either. If you're talking about a television series yeah. that's looking for 13 episodes... I don't see yeah. how you pull thirteen episodes out of what I've oh, what I've read. I did I did read part of that uh, past the first four. I did read uh, part way into the the volume two, which is issues five through nine, where mm-hmm. the laborers are building the ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We switch from Maya's perspective. Yeah, to that's, and but that's when I stopped. Yeah, yeah. And so that would be interesting to see what what do they pick up on and what do they want yeah. to expound upon to develop an idea that is large enough and has longevity to put on television. That seems interesting. This, this is something that you could, I mean, you could do the game of Thrones treatment to this, you know, instead, instead of fake English accents, you throw in fake Russian accents. (laughs) But I think that as a comic book, the chunk of it that I read, just sitting down and reading it, it's, it's one of those weird experiences. Sometimes you're immediately immersed in a book. First issue of Astro City I picked up in like 1995, mm-hmm. I don't remember, mm-hmm. 96. When first came I'm out. immediately immersed in that world. Yeah. This was slow. This is like when, you know, uh, my, my kid and I occasionally play this game. You load the, the, uh, the clothes washer. You load the washing machine, right? And you turn on the water and you sit and you watch and you pick a point somewhere in the laundry where you're a tiny person and this is the peak where you're going to live <laughs> as the world is flooded. And you see whose peak lasts longer as the world is slowly flooded as the water fills up the machine. That's actually the tortured metaphor for the read on this. Because I sat in issue one and I'm like, oh, this is pretty. And what's that about? And before I knew it, I was knee deep in this stuff. And by the time I get to the end of it, I'm like, oh, man, I'm about to die in the washing machine. So you can put that pull quote on the next uh, trade paperback there. Uh, yeah, guys. You're uh, gonna, the Red Star... Like drowning in a washing machine. <laughs> if you want to get a trade of this, they sell them over at the redstar.com off the official website. Oh, nice. 35 bucks uh, volume where you can get the uh, like a special edition one for like 60 bucks. They they have like Good complete collections for hundreds of bucks. Uh, so you can go Very check cool. that out there. Or you might believe- be able to use the amazon.com link over at majorspoilers.com hey. and you can find the Red Star or a lot of other graphic novels. The PS2 game, if you have a reverse compatible PS3 the, uh, like I do. The Red Star Volume 1 Battle of Car Darthus Gate. You can get it new for $26.49 or $3.99. Or you can get into the collectibles section for $29.90. You can get all of them. You can even get the PlayStation 2 version of the Red Star. Best part is you're not paying anything extra for this uh, for this comic or this volume. A little bit comes back our way and helps us produce more fine shows like this. Hey. What would you guys think of the art overall? Pretty gorgeous. I dug it a lot. I like one thing that I really loved about it is it didn't feel like it had hard inking at all. Yes. It felt like they shot and colored directly on the pencils, which Mm. 
that's such an attractive effect when you can pull it off. And especially the sequence where the red woman is uh, confronting what's his face. The guy, the big evil big, guy with the big, with the bucket head. Big bad man. Troika. Yeah, when they're up there and you see that, oh my gosh, that was beautiful. And the flashbacks inside the front cover where it's like the gray tone flashbacks of what mm-hmm. has come before. Mm-hmm. Ooh, loving those. Yeah, th- th- there's a lot to like about the art. I couldn't I couldn't really point to anything. I said, oh, oh, I didn't really like this. I thought is. Um, something different than the art that I've been seeing in books I've been reading lately. Uh, a lot of two-page yeah. spreads, and that was those were I think those were great to look at. And just the design of the world they were trying to build was very interesting, mm-hmm. especially with the giant ships yeah, yeah, yeah. and how they fought and the weapons they used. Uh, that was all very interesting to me, and I thought they captured that through the art. And uh, yeah, it was, I think that was my. F- favorite part of the book yeah i mean the, the, art, I the just subtle things the well, subtle the f- things were great like yeah. the sign in the background that says silence equals respect well just a lot of attention to detail throughout mm-hmm. the piece i thought was really cool um you know just the clothing was well thought out um the mode of the machinery and everything is very well thought out overall i just i just thought the art was fantastic i just didn't Overall, the story is interesting, but it wasn't my cup of tea. So maybe it is somebody's. And obviously, it's got to be somebody's because uh, Josh right. Trank at one point was very interested in this. I said to uh, John Favreau, now it's a TV series or it's been greenlit for a pilot for a TV series. What network? I think it's Fox. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me double check. Fox will do. I, it's definitely my cup of tea, visually and story-wise. It's just the the problem that you're going to have, or at least that I have with it, is... Going into a, a comic book, especially, sometimes you have expectations mm-hmm. of what's about to happen, and you can't do that with this book. This book kind of defied my expectations from top to bottom. Anytime I'd think, oh, well, I know what's going to happen now, it would go completely off the tracks in a different direction, which is actually pretty great in a lot of ways. I like it when they are able to, when a creator is able to surprise me as a long-term reader of, you know, comics and these type of stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's not, I don't want to say it's rare because I don't want to sound like the guy who's like, I can figure out anything. But it's, it's difficult to do that. And I think that what this book does more than anything, what it really succeeds in is creating a synthesized world that we've never seen anything like before. So uh, what it says is because it's no longer a movie, Josh Trank will not be involved, but... The uh, two producers are planning a TV adaptation. Uh, Original film, which was producing the film, is still involved. They're hoping to sell Red Star to a premium cable network. So maybe AMC Mm. or Sci-Fi Channel. I bet Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, premium cable. uh, Yeah, Yeah. so it'd be Showtime. Showtime. Cinemax. Well, actually, I don't know if uh, AMC is basic cable everywhere anymore. I don't know. They had their... their I don't know. I get so confused because, you know, they try to sell you on tier after tier and if you want this you got to pay that and if you want this you got to pay that and you can't buy anything a la carte but you also can't get the exact channels that you want unless you buy the entire $200 cable package each month and you can't pay 10 bucks just for HBO Go I know it's crap crap crappity crap crap come on I have HBO and the best part about HBO is that unexpected moment where you're like I have nothing to do what's on ooh Navy Seals (laughs) 
you know, that, that, that is really the oh, selling for a minute, point. I thought for you were going to say, ooh, McHale's Navy. Because <laughs> that yeah, seems like something that they would run on uh, HBO. There's a, a the Kelsey Grammer movie version. That's the one I'm talking Navy. about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm still waiting for, and this is, I'm still waiting for True Detective to. Uh, oh, frick yeah. Whoops, what did I do? I don't know. I pressed something. Of, there we go. Yeah, I'm waiting for uh, True Detective. Pressed I heard good up, things about that. And a lot of good things I I want to watch on HBO, but um, I forgot what my mom's uh, direct TV or dish TV password and stuff oh, was, we'll so I have go. to get that on again. But there's a lot, there's a lot of good stuff from HBO. <laughs> I have to call mom and ask if I can watch the R-rated movies. Mom, I want to steal your HBO. All right, so what's the bottom line for you, Zach, on The Red Star? Um, For me, uh, it's kind of a pass. I I, I think there are good things here. um, And I think Matthew covered a lot of stuff and brought a different perspective to the book than what I personally took away from it. And that was good. And I think it gave me a little bit of... Uh, a new angle on this book and the art is nice but for me this just didn't uh do it for me this time i wouldn't say hey person who reads comics that i do i bet you'll like this uh, that's uh, i'm not saying it's a bad comic i'm not saying it, it took risks and did some cool things and uh some tried a different type of story and i think that's all good but this one just didn't hit home for me I'm I'm going to agree with you. I thought the art was fantastic. I thought it was very cool. Um, I, I kind of like the the magic-y, the, the merging of magic and technology, I think, worked really, really well. But that's where it kind of lost it for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, if people like it, then great. I probably am going to go with you and say, um, if you can find it at your local library, check it out from there. But I'm not going to say rush right out and spend the 35 mm-hmm. bucks or whatever yeah. to get the first volume, unless, of course, you're going through Amazon.com. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but I, I'm seriously not suggesting that you should just go run out and buy this book. I, it didn't do it for me. Um, it might for you. I don't know. Um, there's certainly enough preview imagery online that you can find, and it does look beautiful. And if I was not uh, wanting to uh, – sometimes I buy comics just for the art, and I never read it. I just flip through the pages mm-hmm. and look at the art. If you're looking for something like that, then yes, The Red Star would be a great uh, – a great visual book. Matthew, what about you? What is your, what are your final thoughts? I think that this is another one of those books that I would urge you to check out from your local library or, you know, to see if you can find a friend who will loan you an issue or check it out somewhere. I don't know. Maybe you can like get an issue. Do you have any, do you have any at your local uh, comic store? I'd have to look. It would be under miscellaneous R if we do. And miscellaneous R, like miscellaneous G and miscellaneous X, is a massive section. I mean, miscellaneous R and miscellaneous X are probably an entire storage unit in and of themselves. So mm. Possibly. I would say definitely check it out. It's interesting. It is an unusual title, and it's not, you know, it's not your average story. Even now, you're not going to find a lot of books was this kind of sweep and, and dip to them. I like it. I think if you're a fan of like, you know, your ongoing manga, if you're a fan of weird things, or if you're a history, kind of a war history type buff, I think it would be great, but definitely you should check it out. Cause worst case scenario, it's, you know, 28 pages of gorgeous art yeah, at definitely. a time. That's yep. true. That's pretty awesome. All right, everybody. That wraps I would it up say for this issue. Look into it and then buy it later. That wraps it up for this issue. Thank you for listening and being part of the major spoilers experience. Next week, 
I think Spider-Man's still on everybody's mind. So why don't we dive into Amazing Spider-Man Masterworks Volume 5? That's the original series of Spider-Man issues 41 through 50. Mm. Why? (gasps) Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. Hey guys, it's Rodrigo. Um, Calling in with my thoughts on the Red Star. So the Red Star is a pretty cool comic. Um, I was really pleasantly surprised by it in a lot of ways. I like that it's like a magic and technology thing, but you know it's uh, like uh, industrial Russia kind of thing, as opposed to like Victorian steampunk, which seems to be coming out of every potential area that something could be coming out of nowadays. Um, also, I like the the flavor of the magic. I like what they call it. I like how they use it. There's a lot of uh, cool stuff to like there. Um, I like that it's a female-driven comic, at least for now. I'm a little concerned about what happens when we get to this uh, spoiler alert savior guy that they keep talking about. Um, the art is good. The design is good. I like a lot of stuff about the design. Sometimes it's a little inconsistent. I don't know. There's something about the some of the way the characters stand or whatever, they seem like they're just kind of like at a weird angle, like they're like their feet are at a weird angle. I don't know. Um, it's, it's hard for me to put my finger on it exactly what it is, but it's not bad. Um, I would definitely recommend this for someone who, like me, is a little bit tired of medieval fantasy type magic stuff. Um, and uh, some like uh, American XTs briefly show up there too. So if you're like, I ain't really no Russian stuff, then at least, you know, uh, somewhere out there, there's like a, uh, a, an analog for the United States as well. Uh, thanks for listening to the show guys. And uh, I will probably be back next week to talk about things. Okay. Bye. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Major Spoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Major Spoilers. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. Way to think about a better way, if I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm start raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Shot up in a fun be in the middle east with a king santo and soldier what a major spoiler what a major spoiler yeah 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 what a major spoiler
spoiler. Wow, 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 wow. What a major spoiler. Major Spoilers is copyright 2014.